From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas here with you, along with our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Al, Al Ramsey, and of course our uh, special guest tonight, the doctor is in, Dr. Uh, Jim Henman with us. Hey, and welcome to be great here. Great to have you back. It's just always fun to come back and, and see you again and, and to explore what uh, what God has in store for us. Just always appreciate It's always a good your, ride. Always, uh, always a fun ride. Of course... Uh, Jim, uh, not only uh, a psychologist and, and therapist, but also the author of Who's Really Driving Your Bus? And uh, also willing to be a fool for God? Or Absolutely. Have, is that, uh, has that been published? It's coming. No, it's coming. It's, All right. It's, it's, still, it's in the works. It's still in the works. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was wondering if someday you might write a sequel to Who's Really Driving Your Bus? And, you know, who's really yanking your chain? You know, right. today that... Those uh, are related. <laughs> aren't they? It seems like that would be a nice sequel, and it really, really fits today. I tell you, oh, friends, uh, we'll talk more with uh, Jim Henneman in just a few moments. Right now, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a reminder for all Jesus freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. Earlier this year, after the murder of three believers in Malatya, Turkey, the Protestant church in Smyrna issued a press release asking for prayer. What was the focus of the prayer request? Was it for the families of the martyred victims? Was it for the safety of other Christians in Turkey? Not at all. The church urged Christians to pray that someday the perpetrators of the gruesome murders would receive Christ and for God to use the testimonies of the martyred brothers to draw others to the knowledge of Him. Is your faith strong enough that you can love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? For more from The Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live. Again, uh, you're listening to Advancing Vibrant Communities on our international podcasting network as we encourage all of you around the globe to uh, step outside of the four walls of your homes and churches to personally serve the needs of others and uh, let people see uh, Jesus Christ rolled out in flesh and blood and right in front of them. You know, that, that makes such a, a difference, Jim, doesn't it? Oh, I can't imagine trying to make sense out of the world without him being at the center of it. You know, and we were uh, we were just at a, a conference this past week with uh, other folks around the nation, around the world, who are are committed 
to getting the church outside of the four walls. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we tend to become a little bit ingrown and sure. all about seating re- uh, city reaching and, and city transformation in the kingdom. And uh, one of the things that uh, was, was uh, I, I think, very, very much of a wake-up call to many was a, uh, a, a speech, uh, a session that was given by David Olson. And uh, he is a pastor uh, in California, I believe. I can't remember the, the church of the city. Um, but he's uh, established a research institute, kind of, kind of like the Barna Institute. But he, he samples like 200,000 churches mm-hmm. in his wow. studies. And uh, he is constantly compiling uh, new data. The American Church Research Project, I, I believe is the name. And one of the uh, one of the most um, awe-inspiring stats that he gave is that if we continue just the way we are in the American church, uh, we'll be dead before long because the population growth is far outdistancing church growth, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with uh, really the perceived value of of crossing the threshold. And uh, people are looking for hope, Jim, and that's uh, that's that's your calling. Uh, God mm-hmm. has given you to, to give people hope, and it's just, uh, I think, underscores the, uh, the mission that we feel so urgent about, and that is to get people in relationship with those who need hope. I, wh- wh- mm-hmm. What, what would well, it be the, like if you kept your clients at arm's distance and just gave them a book to read and did nothing else? Would... There would be no relational healing. Mm. And what's really funny is, at its best in God's plan, Relationship leads to church mm. involvement mm. as compared to church involvement leading to religion yeah. huh. without the relationship. Amen. It's got to have the relationship at the core for it to transform. Mm. Mm. And, and so often we look at the body of Christ worshiping together as something that does something for me, which is okay. It does mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, I mean, we, mm-hmm. uh, when we're hurting, we need to take advantage sure. of, of the ministries and such. But in in the long run, it's all about being sent out. You mm-hmm. know, it seems to me mm-hmm. Jesus had a lot to say about going. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact is, if I am so caught up in me that it feels like my world is crumbling because mm-hmm. I'm the center of it, mm-hmm. one part of healing that crumbling is realizing I'm not the center of it. Amen. And to be Christ-centered is not the same as ignoring myself, right. but being who I truly am as a new creation in him. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into, uh, in just a couple of moments, uh, how we define ourselves mm-hmm. and uh, what we are and what we aren't and how that plays into who's really driving your bus and, right. uh, and also willing to be a fool for God. And we, we can't wait for that one to come out because I know that it's going to be extraordinary. Uh, we're going to advise you of a couple of opportunities to serve. And Big John, I'm going to John Engel, the ever-ready bunny here at uh, ABC. Can you come up here just for a minute because I want you to talk about some of the needs we have for uh, crafts people, you know, craftsmen and craftswomen who who uh, can turn a screwdriver and hammer, hammer a nail. And I want to get to that in just a minute, joining me thinking about that. Right now, though, we want to uh, remind you that here in Stanislaw County, the American Red Cross Stanislaw Chapter needs volunteers to work at voter registration polls on Tuesday, November 6th. Can you believe we're almost at Election Day again? Isn't that amazing? Uh, it's part of Stanislaus County uh, Elections Adopt-A-Poll program. Shifts are available 
in Modesto, Oakdale, Patterson, and Turlock. And, of course, bilingual Spanish-speaking volunteers are very much valued uh, for that. And uh, they do want you to sign up soon, and we'll give you that uh, phone number to call at the Volunteer Center of the United Way in just a couple of minutes. Also, the series Partnership for Healthy Children is having the 10th Annual Family Resource Fun Fest on Saturday, October 20th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Whitmore Park in series. Uh, they need volunteers for that. And the Modesto Blind Bowlers. Our friend Marty Blind Lancer. Bowlers. Blind Bowlers. How cool. It is cool. And what they need are pin spotters. Mm-hmm. Many of you uh, listen, if you're in the uh, area here and you listen to Power Talk, you hear um, the uh, Flying Blind Traffic uh, Reports by our friend Marty Lancer, who is who is blind. And uh, Marty is, uh, has been part of that. It's a wonderful thing for you to spot the balls for the Blind Bowlers. Uh, the problem with me is is they use me as the target, you know, and throw me down. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they want you to kind of uh, serve as a spotter. <coughs> Great way to serve. Uh, they meet Saturdays through the end of April from 12 to 1.30 p.m. at McHenry Bowl in Modesto. Modesto Gospel Mission also looking for volunteers to interact with homeless youth. Volunteers needed to assist with children's programs to lead craft and game activities for youth. Ages 8 to 12 years, uh, that's at the Children's Chapel between 7 and 8 p.m. And uh, finally, the Stanislaw Literacy Center. They say, hey, you can take volunteerism to the next level and train to become an AmeriCorps member at the Stanislaw Literacy Center. There was a a statistic not too long, uh, Jim, and I think it was uh, some 46% of American adults can't read what's written on their prescription bottle. Mm. That's kind of a dangerous proposition, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Illiteracy mm-hmm. is a, a, a huge issue for us. Here's one way to uh, combat that. Again, that's through AmeriCorps and the Stanislaw Literacy Center. They need individuals uh, to learn how they can serve their community and plan and implement a tutor recruitment campaign, student activities, and a day of service literacy event. All that information you can find out by calling the Volunteer Center of the United Way at 209 524 1307. That's 209-524-1307, Volunteer Center of the United Way. You can talk to our good friend Barbara Borba over there at the United Way. Big John Engel, the Ever Ready Bunny here at uh, ABC. John, we we have a desperate need for craftspeople. And, I, I, you know, not, not just the casual. I mean, we'd love to have the casual folks that, you know, maybe do some odd jobs around the house and get themselves into trouble with the honey-do list. But we need some skilled volunteers to help us out in the field. Can you... Tell us a little bit about some of those needs. Well, I sure can. Uh, let's say it this way. For all those uh, tradesmen and tradeswomen who know the trades, uh, we hope you have ears to hear uh, and, and a need in your heart to want to do something for somebody that, uh, let's just put it this way, can't get their hands on the plow anymore. Moms and dads that are up in the years, uh, can't afford uh, expensive uh, contractors to come out or so-called people that know how to do stuff and uh, get their money and the stuff don't get done. Uh, What we want to do and what we are doing presently is we're looking for and going out and building ramps, electrical, plumbing, whatever it takes to get the house back in order, not a rebuild, but just to get it back in order uh, that the folks can uh, have some sort of of, uh, sanity in the house. 
not falling through the floor, doors falling off, windows don't shut, toilets don't flush, and uh, stairs that are rotten. So we're looking for someone that can that knows how to do stuff like this, not pound their their nails, <laughs> pound nails, and uh, know how to do the stuff. That's what we're looking for, and we're desperate for it. Well, and you got another challenge coming up too: building wheelchair ramps uh, in partnership with GMS Metals, and there there you need some people that. Now, here's the deal, folks. You know, uh, when, when, when John's going out on a site like that, he needs to be able to say to the volunteer, hey, can you uh, build the form, or lay a concrete pad, you know, these dimensions? And uh, you need to know how to do that. I mean, there, there is room. There are plenty of opportunities for those who may not be that skilled. But, boy, we need some people with those particular skills that can just take and run with that and, and make that happen for us. You need your own tools. Of course, if you're a tradesman, you already have them. Uh, we'll supply all the stuff that's necessary for it in the job, and and uh, would just uh, would be thrilled, and it would be an answer to our prayer. Amen to that. Daily, uh, <laughs> if uh, you would make yourself available. Thank you. Yeah, and Don, John gets a little bit tired. Well, you never get really tired, right? I mean, you're the ever-ready bunny, tired. but. But uh, occasionally you start dragging a little bit, yeah. Absolutely, John. <laughs> and, uh, you know, John is 70-something and can whoop me with two hands tied behind his back. So I got nothing to say. But uh, I'll tell you, he's a great guy to work with. Yeah, Mr. Al's going to arm wrestle him right here in the studio. <laughs> this, is <getting> <laughs> this is getting really serious. You can, uh, if you can help out and you have those kind of skills, we sure can use you. And, again, the point is not just to make yourself feel good about serving. The point is to reach out with the love, grace, mercy, and compassion of Jesus Christ and let that be revealed right in front of the person who needs that service. And we're not uh, talking about lazy people that uh, just don't want to hire someone. We're talking about people that don't have the funds. They can't get out of their, uh, for example, their mobile homes. If there was a fire, John, we're dealing with some people who flat life out. It's life They flat out will burn. Mm-hmm. They'll burn up and die in those homes unless we can get those ramps up. So They, they can't get out. They can't, can't get out. Get out. We've got people that can't even get use their bathroom. They're in a wheelchair. Some of them got to crawl to the bathroom. Isn't that terrible? We yeah. live here in the United States. We're in Stanislaw County, and we've got people like that, moms and dads that, that uh, for no fault of their own, find themselves in a, in a medical situation, can't get down the hallways. We need to widen them out. This is nothing serious. This is no brainstorming uh, Einstein work. It's just everyday, simple Amen. construction. It's simple if you know how to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's a total mystery if you don't. But sometimes we don't value the gifts Amen. that we have. Amen. And having a gift in some of the trades is a gift that oh, God can yeah, use every bit as much as my coaching or, or, or Mike's leadership in ministry, Al's prayer. I mean, John's helping. We each have gifts. Amen. And when we can put skin on Jesus where quality of life is really affected, it really does make an impact. You're showing Jesus. That shows Jesus. You don't have to pound That's anybody, right. beat them over the head with a book. But all you do, we like to do the job, and then we always give praise and glory and thanks to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, uh, and that's all there is to it. Yep. And, uh, what, a, what a reward that is. seems to me Paul <clears throat> had something to say about that in Ephesians 2.10, where God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance in advance. In advance. I mean, it's Keywords. in his plan, isn't it? Yeah, it's not just The world just is not out of control. It's not. 
It's not Although out of we, control. Although when you write that book for me called Who's Really Yanking My Chain, I think you know, <laughs> I think that should be a chapter right there. Well, friends, uh, if you're inspired there, and we hope you are, we hope you uh, will be uh, prompted by God and the Holy Spirit to reach out and serve someone in this way, you can give us a call at area code 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. Or you can get our website there at www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. And just a reminder, friends, coming up on February 12th, Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute will be back for another seminar. And I'll tell you, last year's was just absolutely incredible. In fact, we had a lot of folks say, gee, wish I had heard about that, would have loved to have come. If you're uh, an administrator in a church, if you're a pastor, a senior pastor, if you're a ministry leader, you want to attend this. It's free. Uh, you'll get a free uh, lunch and uh, some great information from 10 in the morning till 1 in the afternoon. And it's all about the uh, legal aspects of ministry today. And sad to say, Jim. It gets complicated it more is. and more every year. And we have to know the legal, and this is part of rendering to Caesar what is Caesar's. We have to know what the laws are, where the boundaries are, and, and how we can operate within them and, and respect, really, the uh, the civil authority. Sure. Not sure. always easy. No, no. By the way, friends, I uh, want you to keep our co-host and uh, producer, Elaine Harlan, in, uh, in prayer. Uh, yesterday, she uh, was notified that her father had uh, died up in the Stockton area. And uh, so Elaine will uh, be off tonight and a couple of days uh, uh, hence uh, to handle those issues. And, uh, of course, she is the angel of mercy. She is such a sweetheart. Such a sweetheart. Amen. So we ask you to pray for Elaine and her family as uh, they go through the processes that you just have to go through following an event like that. Again, our our guest tonight, Dr. Jim Henman, uh, therapist, author, and uh, longtime friend of Lighthouse Live Radio. Absolutely. Always good to have you back. And, Jim, we were talking a a little while ago about our identity. Right. We we throw this thing out, you know, our identity is in Christ. We Mm -hmm. throw that around Mm -hmm. pretty freely. But the enemy has a lot of ways of distorting that, right? Doesn't he? How, how do we really uh, live that out in a in a in a practical way? Well, I think the first thing is to realize that God's plan is not for us to hear what He wants us to do and us to go do it. His plan is for us to hear, and then allow Him through us to do it. Mm. Now, hear the difference, subtle. But profound difference. He wants us to let him live our life with us. Whether it's like John is dealing with helping people's quality of life. God works through him. Mm -hmm. You in touching churches and and organizations. Me in a more of a one-to-one kind of coaching therapy basis. But if we let him work through us, then his word is fulfilled. You know, that brings us back to uh, Matthew and, and his uh, recitation of, of Jesus saying, you know, that my yoke is light. Mm-hmm. You know, Come to me, all you who are burdened, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my, mm-hmm. my yoke is light. And, and there's a visual there that, that uh, came up on my radar screen a couple of years ago. And, and frankly, you know, I had never thought of it this way. Yeah. I always kind of thought, well... He's taken this heavy yoke that I've put on me, and he's taken that off, and he's putting on a lighter one. 
Mm-hmm. No. No, not at all. No, it's, it, there, there, there are two yoke fellows mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and he's walking beside me. That's right. And uh, so there's a new yoke, but also there's a, a new person with us bearing that yoke, and it, it's a partnership. And mm-hmm. uh, you just talked about God working through us and Christ yeah. working through us. He's walking with yeah, us. Well, Jesus this. is not codependent. He doesn't pick us up and carry us. Amen. But he will carry whatever weight we cannot carry in a healthy way. Mm. He will carry the rest. Mm. And we forget that. We think that we have to earn his free gift, that we have to earn his love, that we have to be somehow good enough to warrant being a Christian. All it means to be a Christian is you're smart enough to realize how far short you fall compared to God's perfect nature. I think just about every other uh, religion in the world has to do with earning your way towards whatever. Mm -hmm. And this concept of uh, a free gift. Is a stumbling block. Sure it is. And the evil one doesn't want us to uh, believe that. That's right. He keeps improving, and we keep improving on God's plan in the same way. Mm. Mm. You know? Well, I'm sure that he would like to help me, but if I could do it myself, wouldn't he be even more proud of me? Yeah. No. No. Well, and, and that kind of is, is our American work, work yes. ethic thing, right? Yeah. We mm-hmm. can do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I love John Wayne, but it's kind mm-hmm. of the John Wayne thing. I can do it myself. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And that's not God's no. plan. No. Or we get into the it's me and God, mm-hmm. period. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, forget the I don't need the other Mm-hmm. part of the body and, and we do god god built us for relationships you know we can have a theoretical or an intellectual understanding of grace but if we have not experienced mm. grace interpersonally with someone somewhere along the line we will not be able to take the step mm. at the level of believing in action mm. of believing in action that god could love us even though we are way short of where he would want us to be or where we would want to be. And yet sometimes in our our modern churchy paradigms, we mm-hmm. do that to people, Yeah, unfortunately. I don't think it's necessarily an intentional thing or a no, malicious thing. It no. just, just, just kind of happens, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Well, it's like we want to be all that we can be, but what we forget is the only way to achieve that is through letting him be living in us, through us, and for us. Mm. And with those not there, we cannot please him on our own. Amen. There's some, uh, and and I think you kind of coined this uh, many years ago as we started tracking with you through this, the uh, genesis of this book, Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In uh, in your books that are just wonderful, and I, I like the way that you isolate them and, and but also tie them together. Uh, there's one uh, later on in the book. It says it is your responsibility to choose who you truly believe yourself to be your core identity. You can choose to believe that you are defined by your mistakes and rebellions, or you can choose to see yourself as a new creation, even when you are messing up and slipping into the old paradigm patterns. Right. So that means that even though we're a new creation in Christ, we still mess up. Well, Paul did. Yeah, he did. And if it's good enough for Paul, it needs to be good enough for us to realize we're not going to do better than that. Absolutely. But see, identity gives leverage. 
if I believe I am my actions and my actions happen to be rebellious or off the mark, then that's who I am. Mm -hmm. But if who I am does not change, if who I am is a new creation in Christ, therefore who I am is his ambassador, both internally toward myself and externally toward others, if that's the case, then when my old nature is driving, my true self has the possibility of beginning to supervise. Mm -hmm. You know, if I am my mistakes, if I am my actions, where do I go to get the leverage to move from sin to being in his will? And what does that do to us in terms of how we view other people? If we, if we are very critical of ourselves uh, and, and we define mm-hmm. ourselves by our mistakes and our mm-hmm. past, what happens then to our lenses as we look at other mm-hmm. people? We'll use flashlights on other people, too. Yeah. If we use a judgmental flashlight on ourselves, we will on others. And if we use a judgmental flashlight on others, we will on ourselves. Mm. We see that a lot in in marriage relationships. It destroys relationships right and left. It's tragic. Wouldn't it be great if God's grace was more operative in marriages today? Would would that not be an amazing thing? It would transform (laughs) the world in a way that you can't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about, I know we've we've probably covered this a couple of programs Mm -hmm. ago, but... The issue of having to prove you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to be right Mm -hmm. and know it, (laughs) you know, because we are right sometimes Mm -hmm. and know Mm -hmm. it. But when we take the extra steps to having to prove to the other person that we're right and get their assent and their agreement, Mm -hmm. um, where does that put us in this whole area of grace and, and mercy and all of that? What happens when we consistently have to prove that we're right? I mean, besides being out of God's will? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> besides that? Because even if our content is right, in other words, the thing that we're standing for may be something that's biblically sound. Mm-hmm. If we're not doing it in his nature, in his style, in his love, mm. then it's not him. Right. And that's where things get so crazy. Mm is that we make that we make that confusion. Jesus didn't have to be right. Now he was right. Exactly. But he didn't have to be right. When right. they challenged him in front of Pontius Pilate, he didn't defend himself once. Jesus never ever defended himself. Mm. Nor did he have to be right. He just said with curiosity and confusion, whose face is on the coin? Mm. They said, Caesar's will give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. Mm. Powerful vulnerability, which is where it's more important to learn and grow than be right, lines you up with God's will in a way that being right could never do. Well, and that brings us full circle, uh, I think, back to where our identity really is. Mm -hmm. If our identity is in Christ, there is not the need. Right. To uh, to prove, uh, you know, it's interesting as, as we were talking about the identity issues, um, Jim, in the newspaper, I think just uh, <clears throat> oh, maybe a day or two ago. 
maybe three or four. I don't know. Time just... It does fly. <laughs> you know, I used to be able to nail it, but uh, not, not so much anymore. Anyway, a couple it's days ago... because you're getting ago, younger. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's mercy right there. <laughs> uh, th- there was an article about autism, and uh, a lady wrote in, I think, maybe one or two days later, and said, you know, the, the writer of the article said that this person is autistic, or this boy or girl is autistic. And she says, I have a son who has autism, but it's not who he is. I love the woman already. Yeah, is, isn't that great? <laughs> you know, he's mm-hmm. he has autism, but his identity is not being autistic. That is such a profound distinction. Mm. Because if I am my autism, there is no hope beyond that. That's right. If mm. who I am is an alcoholic, if who I am is somebody that's a sexual addict, sexually, uh, sexual addiction, if that's who I am, then there's nowhere to go Mm -hmm. because our core identity will continue to be found, will continue to be reinforced. Mm. We will continue to live up to our belief of who we see ourselves at the core. Boy, and the evil one has a great way of, of distorting with that. that, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And it seems right sometimes. Sure. Now, to say that I'm a recovering alcoholic, to say that I'm, I am recovering from sexual addiction, is not contradictory to God. But if that's who we are, rather than what we're dealing with, it changes mm. the core sense of identity. Jim, in your your book, and this is one of the wonderful little nuggets and things that you've coined, you say, uh, over the years I've noticed a pervasive problem that is shared by most of the clients I've seen. This problem is identity Alzheimer's disorder, the fact that we keep forgetting who we truly are in the present. That's right. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? The fact is, as a new creation, that is who I am at the core doesn't mean that's who's driving my bus mm. at a given moment. And that's what Paul was talking about. I do the, in Romans, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I do. Oh, wretched man am I. But it's no longer me, but sin dwelling in me. Sin is the parts of self that are stuck in old nature, don't know who they are. What is sin? Missing the mark. Mm-hmm. So when you have that identity, Alzheimer's, as a new creation, it's that you believe you are your old nature. Mm. When you listen to Christians describe who they see themselves to be at the core, it's often old nature descriptions. Mm. They're forgetting who they are in Christ and believing they are what they do in their old nature. Amen. And that was not a mistake Paul made. Paul was very clear on that. Wouldn't it have been interesting to be Paul? Mm. I mean, you, you look at the insights that God gave him, the radical change that that happened from the persecutor mm-hmm. of believers to the missionary. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, and I just marvel at how God spoke through him. And you, you just, you know, you, I wanted to be a fly on the wall because I'm sure at some times he was talking to himself. Oh, sure. You know, wrestling with some of these things. And, I, and of course, maybe we'll, well, not maybe, we'll have a chance at some point to 
talk to him uh, on the other side of eternity and, and uh, maybe get a clue as to how that process went. Well, you know, one of the things that I really do want to talk to Paul about eventually, he gave great detail on what a victorious Christian life would look like. Mm. Great detail in his writings. And then he'd intersperse little nuggets about how to do it. Mm. The how-to is not as clear as what it's supposed to look like. And so what people tend to do is bypass God's plan for how and jump instead to God's plan for what, Mm. what it would look like. And if you try to get a victorious Christian life on your own power, you will either be defeated and maybe even give up your faith or you become a Pharisee and become so self-righteous and arrogant that he's not living in you anyway. So you have two Mm. terrible choices if you try to do that. Neither is desirable. Well, talking about trying to live the victorious lifestyle, friends, Casting Crowns has come out with a a wonderful song called East to West. Let me read you the lyrics before Mm. we play the song. This is really, I love this. Here I am, Lord, and I'm drowning in your sea of forgetfulness. The chains of yesterday surround me. I yearn for peace and rest. I don't want to end up where you found me. And it echoes in my mind, keeps me awake tonight. I know you've cast my sin as far as the east is from the west. And I stand before you now as though I've never sinned. But today, I feel like I'm just one mistake away from you leaving me this way. Mm. Well, let's, uh, let's explore that with Casting Crowns. Here I am, Lord, and I'm drowning In your sea of forgetfulness The chains of yesterday surround me I yearn for peace and rest I don't want to end up where you found me And it echoes in my mind Keeps me awake tonight I know you've cast my sin as far as The east is from the west And I stand before you now As though I've never sinned Today I feel like I'm just one mistake away From you leaving me this way Jesus, can you show me just how far the east is from the west Cause I can't bear to see the man I've been Rising up in me again In the arms of your mercy I find rest just how far the east is from the west From one scarred hand to the other I start the day the war begins Endless reminding of my sin And time and time again Your truth is drowned out by the storm I'm in 
Casting Crowns wow. here on Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pretty powerful stuff. Very powerful. I- interesting there how they are singing about, and this is my own summation here, we intellectually know mm-hmm. that our sins are removed as far as the east is from the re- west. But when we're in the firefight, sometimes we uh, kind of lose touch with what that's all about. Well, we? what happens is friendly fire. Mm. We're killed by friendly fire mm. from our own guns, mm. from our own guns, or well-intended others around us yeah. also. Yeah. But the friendly fire that I'm talking about is the friendly fire we impose on ourselves. He wants us to treat us the way he treats us. Mm. He is a model not only for how we treat others, but he's also the model for how we treat ourselves. And even though it's east to the west in him forgiving, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I know God's forgiven me, but I can't forgive me. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that the arrogance of that, it's not felt as arrogance. Sure. And I don't mean it in a judgmental right. way, but when you really stop and think about it, as a Christian, we're saying we know better than God the right response. And we never know better than God, mm, mm. you know, but the person that's generating that lyrics 
he is having trouble forgiving himself. Yeah. He's having trouble releasing his identity from his actions and letting his identity be founded in Christ. Jim, does that have something to do with our understanding of what really happened on the cross? Is 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 that maybe somewhat related to um, the fact that we intellectually understand and we've often said, Jesus died for my sins on the cross mm-hmm. and rose again mm-hmm. third day? And But does the reality of that maybe sometimes not really sink in? And could that be a reason why sometimes we, uh, we tend to... Um, Maybe not em- em- embrace the depths of that. I think that's a big part of it, Mike. Mm. I think that we we th- we parrot certain things that we've heard maybe from childhood, and we keep parroting it, meaning we say it, but it's not attached to the depth of meaning. Mm. So, like in the um, the the movie, the uh, the passion. Yes. Um, some people had never really imagined the floggings and that made it more real for them Mm -hmm. to me it was that he was a human being had a human relationship with his mom when it showed him falling with the cross and then as a little boy falling down and, and scraping his knee jesus was fully human and fully divine both and I, I think, uh, r- relating back to the passion of the Christ, I think that went a long way to uh, helping the Christian world, at least in America, mm-hmm. embrace what it's all about. If we're in Egypt, if we're in parts of Indonesia, uh, if we're in parts of China, where people are being put to death for their faith, we listened to the voice mm-hmm. of the martyrs here mm-hmm. earlier in the program, I think maybe that reality... Uh, hits home a little bit better, and there's a, a maybe a deeper understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God has blessed us here for a time anyway. And well, I'm not sure if it's a blessing. Hmm. Because when we know that our decision to be His may cause our death, mm-hmm. we take that much more deeply and much more seriously. Yes, that's true. When instead... If we are being a Christian and somebody may not like us or somebody may make a, a rude comment, it's it's not quite the same. I mm. think it's harder to be a Christian in the United States than it is in some of the more oppressive places mm. mm-hmm. where we need evangelism yes. is in America. Well, you look at, uh, in in terms of city transformation, you look at the movements around the world, uh, especially in places like South America, they view the United States of America as a mission field. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the reality of, of what God is doing uh, in, in, in very plain, visible ways. That's right. There is, uh, is just absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, the persecuted church is always strong. Mm-hmm. It's always strong. And see, Mike, that's what you guys are trying to do through your organization is to bring the kind of strength that comes from putting it into action. Mm-hmm. If you hear the word and do not put it into action, it's going to atrophy. Mm-hmm. And what you're encouraging people, what John was encouraging people to do is to use their gifts in action 
for God in tangible, non-dramatic, quote, no big deal in one way, but for the person who can make it to the bathroom without having to crawl, it's a big deal. Absolutely. When somebody can get safely from their trailer, if there was an, if there was a fire, it's a big deal. But to the person that has that skill, they may say, well, anyone could put in a ramp. But being ungifted in that area myself, I say, no, not everyone can. Look what your gifts are. Put those gifts into action. That's what I see you guys to be all about. Well, and and, and it seems uh, another pastor was in here uh, in our office just uh, about an hour ago, Jim, and, and we were lamenting the fact that, um, it is very hard in our American Christianized culture because we, we really do have kind of a cultural mm-hmm. uh, Christianity that a lot of people live out. Uh, it's very difficult to uh, communicate the urgency of reaching the lost by loving your neighbor as yourself. Um, you get you get glazed eyes. Well, okay, that's that's nice. Or you get the knee-jerk reaction, well, that's uh, social gospel. Uh, Well, (laughs) uh, or you get the reaction that, well, you know, hey, I've got kids and I've got a job and I got to get my retirement going and and you know when when I get all that stuff. Yeah, it sounded like of, the guy that had the bumper crop, so he built a bigger barn. Yeah, to hold it That's and right. then died. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's an urgency. There's an urgency. There's an urgency uh, to this. Time's getting away from us. Uh, we'll be back with Dr. Uh, Jim Henman here on Lighthouse Live right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. ABC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. 
We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, our guest tonight, Dr. Jim Henman. And Jim, just listening to uh, the little uh, piece there about ABC, sure. uh, Chief of Police says, uh, you know, serve. And I, I guarantee you'll be happier. And there, it's there's a paradox. Is it? There's a portion of your book uh into the driver's training section i think mm -hmm. about giving and and our motivations for giving uh, and the economy the of giving. economy of giving let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that if i give because i anticipate that by doing so you're going to like me if i do it because then you won't be mad at me mm. if i do it begrudgingly for some ulterior motive the impact on the giving, both to me as the giver and to you as the receiver, is greatly diminished. Mm -hmm. It ends up costing me a great deal to give, begrudgingly, and what you receive from me when I give to you, begrudgingly, is very little. God talks about it is more blessed to give than receive. He's talking about free giving. The, 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 the chief of police is talking about free giving. Yeah. When you give because you feel led to, it feels like the right thing to do, 
not for ulterior motives, not for what people think, not for what social group I'm going to be in if I do, but just because it feels good to give back, Mm. then I am blessed tenfold, tenfold when I give. Now, let's talk about being the receiver. Mm -hmm. Two dynamics uh, maybe we can talk about. One Mm -hmm. is for some of us, it's hard to receive. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're givers. We uh, invest in other mm-hmm. people's lives. Hard for us to receive. And then maybe about 180 mm-hmm. degrees uh, ar- around from that uh, are those that feel entitled. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, let, let's talk about those two and, mm-hmm. and the pros and cons. Actually, it's a good projects. point. And, and this is often a case in marriages where what you don't realize is I can give to you without being vulnerable. I can give to you with my wall still up, but I can't receive from you without being vulnerable. I can't receive from you without letting my wall down. And so receiving is much more vulnerable than giving. And so people that have a hard time receiving, often it's because of that vulnerability involved in the receiving. I can receive as long as you let me give it right back Mm. and make sure I give back more than you gave me. Mm -hmm. But that puts it back in the giver role Mm -hmm. for somebody who is giving. You can do that without being touched by it, but you can't receive without being touched with it. Mm. And entitlement throws the whole monkey wrench. As we're talking Al during the break. And the fact is, if I feel entitled to something, to that extent, I cannot get satisfaction and pleasure from it if I get it. I'm entitled to it. It's my right. Well, then the pleasure is lost. I cannot really enjoy something that I feel entitled to. It's human nature. You know, that that's profound. I mean, if, if you really think that through, you know, if, if I expect it, if I believe I deserve it, and uh, I finally get it, my attitude is probably, well, it's, it's about, about time. time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's, and again, you know, I, I worked in government for 25 years, and, and mm-hmm. I think government does some things well and some things not so well. And I, and I, and I think government as a giver uh, of things to touch the soul, to touch the heart, uh, even uh, to some degree to touch needs, fails um, because there's not a right attitude in the giving. Absolutely. It's, uh, at, at best, it's amoral. Mm-hmm. At best. Mm-hmm. At best, sometimes immoral, and many times just flat out no care. It's just right. part of the job, right? Yeah. And so how do you feel when, you're, when, when you are subservient to that system? What, what happens to you when that's your supplier, that's your lifeblood is this, uh, amoral, non-caring, monolithic thing. How, what does that make us into? More and more like machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like robots. Orwell had something to say about mm-hmm. that, didn't he? Yeah, 1984. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. amen. 
Uh, Jim, uh, very quickly, let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, your website, uh, mm-hmm. the Caring Grace Groups, and uh, uh, and why don't you just just give us a, a, a link there so people can uh, sure. get in touch with you and and take advantage of those nuggets. There is a lot of free information, a lot of useful tools at on the Care site. C A I R F O R Y O U dot com. Care for you. Dot com, but C-A-I-R for Changing Attitudes in Recovery. There's a lot of free nuggets in there that can help you understand your relationship with God, with Christ, to help you get some tools to have different choices, to clean those filters that are so distorted so often in a fallen world. Mm. And if uh, folks live here in the greater Modesto area, you also have groups. Uh, the, the care groups and the Caring Grace groups both are here in the in the valley, and they pop up from time to time along the way. It just takes two people hmm. to form a care group, hmm. two or more. Everything else is free and available through the site in terms of the, the structure for it. Changing attitudes in recovery, and I think... Uh, you were one of those, and uh, our mutual friend Ashley was mm-hmm. another one that mm-hmm. uh, kind of kicked open the door of my mind a little bit mm-hmm. and said, you know, Mike, we're all in recovery uh, mm-hmm. since the Garden of Eden and the mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all becoming more like Christ. We're in the process. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're all going, we're all recovering in one way or another. And yeah. uh, we can't do it alone. And God didn't design it just so it's. God and me, as we mentioned before, he designed it so that the whole body has has a, a part in our That's in one of the recovery. greatest tragedies, I think, in the church today mm. is the idea that sanctification and recovery are somehow two very different things. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not. They're not. Sanctification and recovery are basically the same. The only difference is recovery tends to be more openly, honestly messy. Mm. And yes. sanctification has a tendency to be more intellectual and, uh, and uh, focused on behavior, not the underlying attitudes and perceptions. Amen. Friends, uh, our guest tonight has been Dr. Jim Henman. Uh, Jim, we, we it's just love having you here. And I just miss Elaine. Like, it's no, not the same. No offense. It's, it's not, not the same without her. And we'll, we'll have you back when she's back because we just love those, uh, those dynamics. Again, our uh, special guest tonight, Dr. Jim Henman. That website one more time. Careforyou.com, C-A-I-R-F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. Amen, friends. And just a reminder, in about 15 minutes, uh, we'll be dealing with a return to relevancy and going through Randy Alcorn's book called Heaven. All of that coming up in about 15 minutes. Thanks for joining us tonight. Good night and God bless you. My own place, and I'm getting away.